Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today's episode 102. We haven't named this yet. How to make a decision. I we like should, we, we'll do that. How to make a decision. And guess what? No. She, she I said, said words I already. said words. Guess what? I have someone with me. You guys, <laughs> it is the, it is the resident um, drinking game person. <laughs> How many times can Kendra say Emily P. Freeman? In a podcast episode, <laughs> and she's here. She's here, you guys. Emily's here. I huh. feel like I'm your mascot. You can all, I be? You can totally be the mascot. <laughs> yes, it's so exciting. You guys, Emily is here um, to talk to us today about decision-making because her new book, The Next Right Thing, is coming out on April 2nd. Here's the thing. You have been helping me make decisions since before you started The Next Right Thing podcast and before you wrote this book. And so I'm just really like geeking out over the fact that everybody gets you to do that for them now because I don't know how to make decisions without your help <laughs> oh that's funny but you know what it's weird I feel the same way about you oh really <laughs> right it's like it, it all it gets very meta it, it comes does. full circle around it's very so strange like, I have a decision to make I need to call Kendra and my sister mm-hmm. like and that's just that's the way it goes that's the way it goes right so it's so fun because now you can kind of call Emily by having this book in your house in your hands I love it so fun okay so um there's a chapter in your book called, it's chapter 13, Don't Rush Clarity. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the lazy genius listener um, is not a super huge fan of that phrase because yeah. they like clarity. I know. It's kind of like, but then at the same time, we don't want to be like a, like a slave to clarity. And that's why we're so tired. Right. Because we're looking for the thing that's going to make everything make sense. And we can't find, like, we're frantically searching for the thing. And we can't find the thing. So um, if I would love, that chapter was like a huge thing for me because I realized how much I seek after clarity. I didn't always know that that was like, oh, I'm, this is what I'm looking for. Right. This, I'm on the path for clarity rather than the path to something else. Right. Clarity becomes the goal. It comes, like, becomes the goal. Right. right. Which in some ways and in some situations is great. But I, I feel like we've had a lot of conversations, Kendra, where you will be talking about something you want to do or yeah. need to do or need to decide. I love the look on your face right now. <laughs> I'm just not sure what you're going to say. I'm excited. Go ahead. <laughs> so fun. This is so fun. 
And then we'll talk, like, usually we'll, I'll ask you some questions. We'll, we'll talk through, you know, because I think it's nice when you have a decision to make to be asked questions, because what I've discovered is a lot of times as someone, like if I'm the person who has a decision to make, the truth is probably that the truth is somewhere within me. Yeah. But the, the trouble is I don't always have the capacity to uncover it by myself. Yeah. And so sometimes when like if you're a person who's listening to a person who's trying to make a decision, the pressure is not on you as the listener to help them. The pressure is just the the, the only invitation, really, not pressure. The mm-hmm. invitation is to begin to ask that person some questions. Yeah. Not for your sake, but for their sake. Yeah. And so when you and I have been in conversations like that, I think I wouldn't say half the time at all, but but a percentage of the time that is significant, mm-hmm. we'll say, mm-hmm. um, you, sometimes I remember you will come out of the conversation. You'll say, you know, this decision doesn't need to be made right now. Like the, yeah. I, it's because the, the, um, the motivation to make the decision for a lot of us is to have the decision made right? rather than, um, even the thing that the decision is going to lead to. It's just, we don't, so many of us don't like walking around with an unmade decision because that has a lot of power over us. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, I remember you saying, I don't remember the first place I heard it. It could have been in one of those conversations where you were like, maybe the goal isn't the decision itself, <laughs> but it's like just noticing how you make decisions. My immediate reaction was like, but I want an answer. And then when you realize like, oh, that's so stressful to keep looking for an answer. And then when you can release that, there's so much more freedom in not being Um, yeah, like not having the answer be the goal where you can just like wait and do the next, I was going to say, do the next right thing. thing. I was like, oh wait, it's the name of the book. What an idea. (laughs) It shows you that it's a great title, right? It's such a good title. When it just falls off the tongue. Oh my gosh, it is. It's like, I say it all the time. I'm like, what's my next right thing? What's my next right thing? Oh good. Um, all the time, like a freakish amount of time because I, um, I think so many of us are like, you know, I'm such a life chess player. Every move affects every next move. And when you're trying to like make lunches and handle kids coming home from school in the afternoon, that's a really helpful skill. But when you are trying to decide like, what am I going to do with my life? Right. Right. <laughs> it's different. It's a different ball game. And so I, there, it is such a, um, you know, I, I, I love in, um, in lazy genius land, how having like, one thing to hold on to, name, and you've taught me the value of naming things, like just naming that one thing and um, give, gives you such, um, I don't want to say power in like a, like a weird dictator way. What's, a, what's another word? Well, the naming does offer some, some clarity. Sometimes yeah. you think you're looking for clarity with what to do next, but what might actually be more helpful in some situations and more accessible is naming something that is unnamed that gives you clarity about that might even change the decision you think you're trying to make for real. Right. I know we're speaking in like abstracts here, but like, for example, if you are, you know, because see, you found your lane, Kendra, like you lazy about the things that don't matter. I always say this wrong. (laughs) Genius about the things that matter. Lazy about things that don't. It's okay. (laughs) I always start with the wrong one. No, it's fine. It's good. Well, because I love lazy. lazy. I love the lazy part so much, which by the way, when I think of lazy genius, all I can picture is I always just picture Nick Miller from, from, from New, New Girl, Girl yes. who's like, she walks around like a lazy genius. <laughs> That's how I hear it in my head. Like, she's some kind of lazy genius. Oh, Nick Miller is so Nick good. Um, but all that to say, rewind. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the idea of naming something that's unnamed, for example, if um, John and I are trying to make a decision, like, okay, so uh, our son switched schools several years ago from the local, the public school in our neighborhood to a charter school, which is where our girls were going. I'm like, oh, it'd be so great to have them all in the same school. And um, we put him in, and then we had to make a decision of whether or not we were going to put him in like the move-up classes, because mm-hmm. he did really well on some testing, or if we were going to leave him in like the regular non-move-up classes. And I look back and I feel like I made a decision differently than what I wanted to make. Like looking back, I probably would have chosen to not put them in the move up ones. Mm. Um, but we had some advice. We heard uh, and it felt like it was a pressure quick. It was one of those decisions yeah. where like, yeah. we need you to decide yesterday. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. And so I just sort of did based on what I knew at the time, which is sometimes all you can do. Sure. Your next right thing is just based on very little information in a very tight time frame, and you just got to move. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did with that. Um, but it ended up, he, he did fine. But, you know, he struggled a little bit here and there. And probably my life personally would have been easier if I had um, not made the decision that I did. But looking back, I think if I had had maybe a little more time or had been more aware of the right questions to ask myself, mm. some of the, the unnamed things that lurked beneath that decision was um, my fear of putting him in a class that was too difficult for him and yeah. then and then it would be my fault mm. and I felt the responsibility of that or um, not putting him in a class that was like a move up type class and then worrying that he might feel like he's not smart because yeah. that's unfortunately the way that our school systems sometimes go yeah. is that you know, you put these kids in classes and they, they attach names to what that means. And so I had a lot of unnamed narratives going on beneath the surface of my own mind as a mom. Um, and I think that influenced probably my, my step that I took with him. Every decision we make has some narratives happening. Some of those narratives are true and some of them are not true, but it takes a little bit of time and self-awareness to, um, tease out what those are and how they are going to inform what our next right thing might be. Mm -hmm. So you said that you, um, might've made a different decision. What do you do when you say that? I probably would have made a different decision. That's when I have to practice the spiritual discipline of being relentlessly kind to myself because Mm. I am unfortunately not a time traveler. So I can't (laughs) go back and change it. And I think too, it helps to remember when it comes to decision-making, sometimes the decision is not the point. And, And maybe I would argue, I don't know if I want to speak so boldly as to say oh be bold as to say the decision <laughs> is rarely the point like it, yeah. it it maybe hardly ever is the point I think the point is us becoming is the person who we are becoming yeah it's us becoming more fully ourselves and showing up to the decision making process with everything that we're carrying in an aware way because that's going to lead us to our most soulful decisions mm-hmm. you talk a lot about um in the book about trusting yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, so the other day, my sister, um, sends me a box and she's like, all right, I'm getting my hair cut. Should I get bangs? <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> and those are, those are real important decisions too. They you have to are. make your hair every day, man. I know. And so, um, she was like, I don't know, should I get, and she was kind of like processing it like you do in boxer, like saying the words out loud. And she's like, you know, I really like, I've had bangs before, but I didn't really know how to take care of my hair before. And I, they weren't cut quite right. And I'm a different person now. I think I can, I think I can do it, but like, what if it's wrong? And it's, and it's kind of like the combination of those two things that we were just talking about of like having somebody ask you questions 
sort of helps bring the thing out. And then also to sort of trust that in a lot of ways, how you might already be feeling about it is super important to pay attention to. And so I was just like, it sounds like you want to get bangs. (laughs) Right. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Because if you don't get bangs, I think what's going to happen, and I did ask her some questions before. I didn't just boss her, but I am her big sister and I'm an Enneagram one. So it was like, (laughs) here's my, here's my space here. Um, But I was like, here's what's going to happen is you're going to go. And if you choose to not get bangs, you're going to keep asking yourself if you should get bangs until you get bangs because you really want bangs. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And she got bangs. Her bangs were so cute. Like they look so good. And, um, but it was just, it was such an interesting example for me, for me to sort of pay attention to because it was like seemingly such a simple thing, but ever like so many decisions feel, and I think rightfully so they feel like they're all we can see until they're made or until they're at least addressed in some way. Mm -hmm. Like until you're like, I'm not going to make that decision right now. That is not important today. Yes. Move it aside. They're toddlers at dinner time, man. They just <laughs> they it's want so like, much attention. You've got to you've got to look at me. Yeah. <laughs> you must. And if you don't, I'm going to nag you yeah, it's until worst, you lose your mind. It's so annoying. It is. By the way, bangs is such a weird word. When it you is say it bangs. many times over. Bangs. I can't wait to see her bangs. They're so cute. That's a real example though that I think we dismiss, mm. but we might have ten of those every day. 100%. Decisions like that, if not thirty-five thousand, which is actually the number that is true, it's if you which Google is, it, I can't even. I they can't say even adults that. make thirty-five thousand decisions every day, and while a lot of those are just second nature, we don't even think about it. Yeah. Like right now, I decided to cross my arms, but then I can decide to uncross my arms. Like I was just thinking that I was like, right. my hand, my hands know, are folded in my lap. Did I? Them. When did I decide to do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's so subconscious. Weird. But so you're making these decisions, right? But they all weigh something, even the ones that maybe not cross my arms. But like the bang type example, yeah. I think in the scope of life, we all know that's not a life or death thing. It's going to be fine either way. Yeah. But in your life experience, if you have 10 of those a day, it can wear on you. And it doesn't matter if they're quote unquote big deal or not. Mm-hmm. They still weigh something. Yeah. And it, it adds to the fatigue that we feel in our decision making. But unlike being hungry or being um, physically exhausted, decision fatigue doesn't show up in obvious ways. It shows up in like secondary ways. Like, well, I'm just, I'm really irritable or I'm, I'm exhausted, but it's not because I've been working out. It's because I've been making so many decisions today. Yeah. And we see that when like we're remodeling a house or when we have big decisions for our kids or someone in our family, or we are in a time of transition. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those decisions pile up and, you know, no wonder we can't, you know, choose a toothpaste at sure. the grocery store. Yeah. It's because it's just, we've reached our capacity. Yep. That's why I like meal planning so much. <laughs> so it's like, let's make a lot of decisions right One now. time. One time. Right. Which is such a brilliant, it, it's such a gift that you bring to the table as your unique self mm, thank you. of you teach us how to eliminate, you know, so many of those decisions that we have to make that most of us are, you make one decision when most of us are making 25 Mm. to equal the one. And it's such a gift, which is why how you said you're always looking for clarity Mm -hmm. in this situation is fantastic. Yeah. In situations where clarity is, is not a part of the game. Yeah. That's where it gets really frustrating. That's where it gets frustrating. It's so true. Um, there was a, in that chapter, don't rush clarity chapter, which one thing I really, I love about the book is like, there's so many, there's the perfect balance between like, um, like an invitation to just sort of reflect and here's a new way of thinking. And then like, there's so many practical steps and like, think about this, 
do this next. Like even like number one, do this. Number two, do th- I like I like numbers you, do in you, order. Do you like lists? If that was not aware. <laughs> that was not apparent to anyone yet. But in that chapter, um, when you talk about kind of like trusting your, well, I'll just read it. God often speaks in such a regular and familiar way that it's almost too normal to point out. We look for fireworks or signals or confirmation from somewhere other than us, thinking his direction can't possibly come from us. But he keeps on reminding us that he has made our heart his home, and that's often the place where, from which he'll make his voice heard. You know, I don't want to get all like gender role women in this, but like women are typically not uh, traditionally uh, trusting our voice is really dangerous and it's not always valued. And, um, and there are tiny micro oppressions that have sort of kept us um, from trusting that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, I love that you're kind of giving us um, it's not even just like permission. It is permission, but it's more like it's empowering us to be like, no, no, what's happening inside you is God given and he's there and he, this is, this is him in you, but it's like being able to, um, trust the voice within. Yeah. Because if you can learn to be a person who trusts that voice, yeah. then your decisions moving forward are going to come more naturally to exactly. you. They just are. And it's, I, it's, I'm glad you brought that point up about, because I think that's a question so many people have who are, who, who their faith plays a role in their life and decision-making every mm-hmm. day is that that question of, but I don't know if it's, if this is God or if this is me. All the time. I've said that so many times. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want to move this because it's something I really want. But if, but if I want it, it must not be it right. It must not be right. Right. And that, let's just have a moment to talk about. <laughs> let's just pause and talk about your desire which is your desire, no matter if you're willing to admit it or not. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us think it's selfish. Our desires are selfish. And of course, sure, they might be. But what you want is what you want, whether or not you admit it. And so it will come out one way or another. Yeah. And if we're unwilling to at least admit in the safest place possible with ourselves and in the presence of God, if we are unwilling to admit what we want, it's going to come out in ways that are going to be um, harmful to our health, yep. harmful to our relationships, our families, our work, yeah. and so on and so forth forever because we have these unmet, again, it comes back to a narrative that's happening within me, which is this is something I long for, but it's selfish, so I have to stuff it. Mm-hmm. Um, how about just bring it out? How about just admit what it is, confess what it is, if it's something that you feel like might be not something you should want. Um, but there is a gift in bringing it up to the surface because then you can deal. Then yeah. you can say, how is this unmet desire informing decisions I'm making right now? Yeah. Because it could be that you have this deep desire to um, be the center of attention, and but you're not willing to admit that. Mm. And so secretly you're making decisions about your work based on things that are going to get you what you secretly want but are unwilling to admit. And in fact, that's not a real soulful way to make a decision. Yeah. And so I think that what it, knowing what you want and getting what you want are two very different things. And we have to be willing to separate them out. That admitting what I want is not demanding what I want, mm-hmm. but it is a gift to myself. And it's a first step toward doing your next right thing. This episode is sponsored by Squarespace. 
I don't know if you've checked out my website lately, but she just got an upgrade and we did it with Squarespace. With Squarespace, it is so easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. My team recently updated our Squarespace site to use Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. It's seriously so cool. It's mobile layout display. It lets us see what people see on their own mobile devices as we make edits and updates. And 78% of you visit the site on your mobile device. So making sure what you see looks and performs the way it's meant to matters to me. If you want to build a new website, try out Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash lazy genius to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. Last year, Kaz and I went to Italy, and holy moly, what a trip. The museums, the food, the culture. At least once a week, I still think about the gelato. One thing that would have been nice, though, is to know actual Italian. We used translation apps, and we made it work, but I love that I can start learning new languages for future trips now with Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with 25 languages to choose from. I can learn on the go with downloadable offline lessons in the app or at my desktop. My favorite feature, though, is true accent, which gives me feedback on how well I'm pronouncing words as I'm learning them. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Lazy Genius podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com genius. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com genius today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've been lazy geniusing things for a lot of years now, but one thing that's at the root of almost every challenge we solve is a desire for more time. We want to get out the door in the morning, get dinner on the table, get all of our tasks done quickly so we have more time. The question is, time for what? The best way to add more time into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. For me, therapy helped me uncover what matters to me, the things I want to spend my time on so I can feel like myself more often. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TheLazyGenius today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TheLazyGenius. This episode is sponsored by Pros. I started using Pros because of a podcast ad over three years ago, and my hair has never been happier. Your hair and skin can sway your mood, they can impact your days in ways that you cannot underestimate. That's why Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. I love my Made for Kendra shampoo and conditioner formulas more than any other products I've ever tried on my hair. With Pros, it's easier to care for my hair and feel confident in how it looks daily. 
Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash lazy genius. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash lazy genius. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash lazy genius. Okay, lazy geniuses. When you're thinking about being a genius about what matters, that's not even what it is. Be a genius about the things that matter. Okay. I need to say my own tagline, right? right? I know. We need to have it written down. I know, right? And then lazy about the things that don't. Um, there's a chapter in The Next Right Thing um, called Make the Most Important List. And it's one of my favorite things. It's one of my favorite things. The life energy list. Because it really does help you like um, develop a, a practice. Um, and just kind of giving you like the simplest tools to go, okay, so here is what is what drains my energy. Here is what gives me energy. It's sort of the anti-pro-con list. It is. The, the list we are used to making when, it, when I say I have a decision to make, what everyone would think of is, well, let's make a pro-con list. Mm-hmm. That's what we should do. Yeah. Which, by the way, could be helpful. But to me, a pro-con list is what, hap- what you do when you have a decision in front of you and you got to make it. And it's like this is a, um, a reaction to a decision and then we're trying to decide what's what's great about it what's not great about it the idea is which list has more things in it and then we decide that way um, and while that can be a great information gathering tool it's um it's not going to be it doesn't have any soul to it I guess yeah it's more facts which is one part of what we think about when we make decisions but we don't just have heads we also have intuition and we also have a heart and so I think to engage those other parts of our soul um it's important to make another kind of list, which is what I call a life energy list. And I mean, you know, I didn't come up with the concept of thinking about what drains life and what gives life. Um, but I think it is a great tool to use when it comes to decision-making and here's how it works. And you can do it today. (laughs) First, you choose a, um, you choose an, an area of your life And it can be any area of your life. It doesn't have to be an area where you have a decision to make right now, but that could be helpful. But let's say you're thinking about um, your community interaction at your church or like your community relationships. And then the, so you choose the category and then you choose a specific period of time. I think the trouble with, if you tell someone to make a life energy list, it it feels overwhelming because there's Mm. so many categories and there's, what do I, how do I think about? Mm. So for me, it helps to choose like 60 days, the last 60 days or the last 90 days or even the last month can Mm -hmm. be helpful and then a specific category so those are the two things you choose first and then you ask yourself two questions when it comes to this specific period of time and this specific category what was life draining and what was life giving and you make a real list Mm -hmm. I suggest you end with the life giving because (laughs) I've done it the other way and it's not super fun I'm just like (laughs) real depressed afterwards like everything is the worst that's funny but it, it, what hap- what you'll find happens is like you said, Kendra, is that you will discover there are some things probably really quickly that, you know, drained life. And there are other things that, you know, oh, this was really life giving, like having people over for me. Um, oh, that was so, I loved that. I loved having people over after the fact, right. When I reflected upon the experience of having people over, I really am so glad I did it. Life giving. However, two days before they came over, the process of, for me personally, planning for it and figuring out, making sure I have enough food, all the stuff that drains life from me, 
which is when I come over to your podcast <laughs> and try to glean all the wisdom <laughs> and all the just one-time decisions because I think you're such a genius at that, obviously. Um, so that's something that exists in both places. And I think that's when, once again, asking myself what I want, what I, and not just what do I want, but what do I want more, mm. is recognizing that though that is life-draining and difficult, it's worth it because it's life-giving in the end. And I want more of that in my next 90 days than I had in my last 90 days. That can help moving forward. Now, this is more rather than being reactionary like a pro-con list, mm-hmm. it's, ref- it's reflective, it's responsive. It's living a life of response to what brings life. And though we can't always avoid or eliminate the life-draining things, that's not a grown-up way of living, I do think we can eliminate a lot more than we realize. Yeah. Because we, but, but we're not, again, it's been unnamed. It's just existed beneath the surface. And so we move along because it's, quote unquote, what we always do. Mm-hmm. And that's, we make decisions based on what we always do because it's easier, even though we don't like the thing, but it's easier to not have to think. Mm-hmm. And so we just default do the thing. But a life energy list can really help inform, okay, how what are the choices I'm making and how is it actually impacting my daily experience of life? I think that process too is so helpful. And it's almost like a formula for reframing how you see something, which, you know, I talk about a lot in like, okay, so we see, you know, uh, cleaning our house. It's like, oh, to clean my house. <laughs> um, that's, that's a dra- that's a life drain voice. I can I just tell. Used. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Versus, you know, like, but when you think about, okay, so it's worth it because, yes. um, I am creating space for more messes to be made and putting, um, replenishing good things that we really love, you know, whatever. And so like, um, I think that when you're trying to look for, um, how to see things in a new way, because perspective is so it's like, it's like 90% of it. It's ridiculous. Um, and you're trying like, and there's, there's not, there's not a lazy genius podcast episode about it or a next right thing podcast episode about it where you're like, I don't have a reframe for this. What am I supposed to do? I think that that, um, doing the life energy list for something that specific for that amount of time, it, it kind of can help you create a re uh, your own reframe. Right. Um, specifically for what you need right then, which again is like more than half the battle. And then it's not really a battle anymore. It's like, Oh, this is what this is. This is why this matters or doesn't matter. And now I'm going to keep, I'm going to do my next right thing and I'm going to move in this direction or whatever. And so I just, that's why I love it so much because it's so like practical. It's the practicality we want from a pro con list, but actually does something. Right. It actually works. (laughs) And it, but the, the trouble is that you have to do it ahead of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it could be that you have a decision, a decision to make and you can still do a life energy list mm-hmm. in that area of life, but it's, it doesn't feel as action. Like, mm. you know, it feels a little more like this is too smoky. I did, I can't nail it down, but I have found even doing it, even if you just ask yourself the question in your head or with a, per, with a person, a co-listener, mm-hmm. um, that can be really helpful. But I would suggest with the list that you actually write the stuff down. For real. Because, right? I mean, yeah. it's so, there's something about seeing it on paper mm-hmm. and recognize, even even just the the practical seeing how many things are in the life draining column could be really informative yeah. or the other way around. Like, Oh, I had to turn the page for this one. <laughs> and then I only had one measly life giving thing in this area of life. What am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> right. Cause you think it's not like when it all exists in like one big bucket in your yeah. head, you don't recognize you don't that, that there's, yeah, there's such a discrepancy. <laughs> and the thing is what you might not realize is, 
oh, I thought I hated my job, but I actually just hate my commute. Right. You can tease out yeah. the parts of work that you love and hate, but yep. in your mind, it all exists in the same bucket, like you say. Yep. So you have this feeling about it, but if you don't take the time to reflect upon it, mm-hmm. you don't realize, oh, this this is what I don't like. And it's actually maybe sometimes changeable. Yep. Maybe not. Yep. But if it is, what a gift. I don't really hate cleaning my house. I hate cleaning bathrooms. There it is. Like I hate it with everything that's in me. <laughs> um, and so to be able to be like, hey, babe, I'll do everything else. Right. Everything else. If you just clean the bathroom. And I bet he does it. 100%. Of course he does. And so it's, so you're right. It like, it's just the craziest thing how we think things are so like broadly sweeping and, um, or maybe, or, or, or super small. Like we just don't quite get the context of like how we're, how we're perceiving our lives until we write it down. Right. Until we're specific about it. And so it's such a, it's such a helpful exercise. Um, okay. Well, I want to ask you, cause you know, this isn't a, this isn't a super long show, right? <laughs> so we might, I guess we'll wrap up. We can wrap it sec. up. But wrap I wanted to ask you because I talk a whole lot about, and I got this from you about, um, I, I encourage everybody to like, just have one guru in different areas, yes. right? Stop listening to all these crazy people, man. Right. And not even crazy people, like still Great like people. really smart people, but, but there's so many But it gets crazy when there's so many of them so in many the room of, them. Your, of your head. Oh yeah. my gosh. And so there's, um, and there's a chapter about that in the book too, about stop collecting gurus. Like, oh my gosh. Stop it. We got enough. We've got so enough. So I, um, just for like, just for like a fun, a fun question, like who are some of your like categorical gurus where you're like, oh, this is who I go to for this thing. Yeah, well, you're my food guru. Oh, that's fun. I mean, if there is, and and then Brie McCoy is my like oh, yeah. stuff, like stuff I need to have in my life that what? I don't know I yeah. need. <laughs> yes. Guru. guru. She's, that's exactly what she is. That's the perfect name for that. Right. Like, it, oh, I didn't know I needed that coffee. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed that set of knives, but I do. I didn't know I needed that jar of peppers. Right. But now it's in my cart. I didn't know that spaghetti sauce that costs $1,000 was worth it, but it is. <laughs> it is, right. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yes, she's that. Like, yeah. so, because I everything she recommends I is great. She's such good taste. So yeah. good. It's ridiculous. And yeah, and you are my, like, if there's a, if there's a, a food baking plan, anything in that realm of the world, you're, you're, you actually fit a lot of categories, but I'm going to choose that one as my main guru. Like, I just, why would I go anywhere else when I've already, you know, I, th- I think that's what we all need yeah, you is need we that. need to find, you know, people like that. And I know you and I share a, ho- a house guru oh, in sure. my sister, the Nestor, yeah. Michael and Smith. I mean, of course, like why, why would I, why I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> like I, ha- I, I used to follow like so many like sort of housey people on Instagram and their houses are pretty. Yeah. And then I was like, why, why am I doing this? Because right. she's the only one I listen to. Right. Cause everything she says I, it's not even that I, I, here's the thing too, that I think is really important about gurus is you don't have to agree with everything they say, but you trust them. Mm -hmm. There's a trustworthiness of like, I, I trust your motivation in sharing this information. And even if it doesn't quite work for me, you're still helping me sort of think about it, um, in a way that makes sense for me because you're a trustworthy source person or whatever. So, um, It's so, yeah. it's such a great thing to have. Like, for example, for a while, the pioneer woman was my, like, I have to make a hearty dinner guru. <laughs> right. and like I just, if I, if it was, if it involved meat, you got to call her noodles. Yep. You know, I'm Google. like, I'm going to go look and see what she tells me to make. And right. I'm just going to cut the salt in half and do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So PS, I use a lot of salt. Yeah. 
girlfriend uses so much salt. Yes. I have never it's very made extra. She's the only person I have ever made a recipe from. I made her like Salisbury steak or something because that's one of Cos's favorite things. And who makes Salisbury steak? Nobody. Or chicken, it was chicken fried steak. That's uh-huh. what it was. Still, nobody makes either one. And um, and I followed her recipe to the letter, and I was like, oh man, all right, this this lost salt. And it was I've never made something that was too salty from a recipe. Right. But you know, sell those bowls at Walmart, man. Mm-hmm. Make that steak. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good. She's your hearty meal guru. I love that. That's so good. Yep, that's right. Oh man, the book releases tomorrow, April second, um, and. Will you tell us about what can happen um, if people are listening to this today on April 1st? Yes. There is a really cool opportunity for them if they buy it today. Is that right? There if is a pre- really cool opportunity. If they pre-order it right now. I mean, I think. I think it's super cool. Right. So will you tell us what it is? I will. Where, well, we are, we've, we're offering some pre-order bonuses, which means if you pre-order the book, which now it's like it's just regular ordering the book right. because it's just it'll ship and you'll get it the next day or whatever, right. which is very exciting. Um, but three things. One is you get the audio book for free, which I read and recorded myself, which right. is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have P- PS behind the scenes ready. So ready. I had to say the word G I F. Oh man. Okay. Golly dang. And I said GIF. Of course you did. Right. But yeah. the audio engineer was like, and I, and I questioned it and she was like, well, let me look it up. And the, you know, the guy who like created whatever Marie. them says, Jeff, Man. Kendra, I, that's what I think the one we landed on was Jeff. And I have regretted it with the fire of a thousand suns <laughs> because that's in my book now, like the peanut butter, but it's not, it, but it's not. Why isn't didn't that, I stick with my instinct? Isn't that kind of like, I feel like that guy, it's kind of like when, when Chrissy Teigen was like, actually it's Tigan. It's Chrissy Teigen, but you guys oh. have been calling me Chrissy Teigen, so let's just stick with Teigen. We're gonna stick with. I it. feel like the guy should have been like, "It's GIF." Why wouldn't he do that? I don't understand. It's his pride. I feel like <laughs> it's, it's like so that's annoying. great that you think that real cute. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. But I did. But you did it in your book. It's okay. I did it, and I I, I have such regrets. But anyway, so you get that for free. Cool. <laughs> the audiobook, um, which is so great because they don't always offer that, but no. we're thrilled to be able to offer that. And then I created a five-part video course with a 35-page printable workbook all about, all for the purpose of helping you design a personal and communal rhythm of life so that you won't be a crazy person um, when it comes to the next time you need to make a big decision. Because hopefully, you will have designed a rhythm of life that can support soulful decision-making, which was the whole goal of the class. The class is called Discern and Decide. Lovely. Very appropriate. Mm-hmm. So you get that for free um, with a pre-order. And then we also have like a fun behind-the-scenes video that, you know, we just send a link to you for that, which is just like talking about the book and the podcast and how it all came to be. And I also give a little silly quote-unquote tour of my <laughs> podcasting space, which is ridiculous but I show it to you in all its glory right so um you guys I can't all right so y'all know I don't like I don't say that I like things unless I'm telling the truth (laughs) and remember she's the drinking game (laughs) like Emily P. Freeman I was I laugh so hard because I'm working on a book and I feel, I think that you're like on the second page. Like I couldn't even get two pages in before I was like, Emily P. Freeman says, <laughs> type, 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 <laughs> like all the words. So, um, I, you know, I love every book that you've written. Obviously I've read every book that you've written multiple times. Um, and this is my favorite thing you've written. 
It is? It really is. Oh, I love that. It's always nice to hear the latest book is your favorite, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I like all... this one, but your first one was my favorite. You yeah, right. Hear that. Yeah. It's kind of like, because it's like, I mean, it's like your kids. Like, you don't want to pick a favorite kid, but these aren't your kids. And I feel like I can even say this is my favorite book. I think written. you can say it. I love I it love so much. It. I don't know if it's just because like it feels just so relevant to everybody all the time. It just feels like, oh, we we have been waiting for this book and we didn't even know it. It's just so, I'm just so glad it's here. And it's so pretty. You guys, it's like the prettiest book. Um, full of so many great things. So go to Next Right Thing Book nextrightthingbook.com dot com mm -hmm. and um, you can order the book from your favorite wherever books are sold wherever I books are sold when people say that I know. we were recently in a conversation I don't know if you caught this but we were recently in a in a group having a conversation and someone said so where can I get your book and you were like wherever, wherever books, books are sold, sold. Like, well, what else are you going to say? What else do you say? Like, I don't want to tell you where to get it. You can literally get it anywhere. Get anywhere. Books are sold. I mean, really, online, it anywhere, so funny. in person. But yeah, it, and it's always so funny to see people's eyes when you say, when they say, well, when you're like, well, you can, or Amazon or yeah, barnesandnoble.com yeah. or whatever, and, and their eyes get big, like, it's on your Amazon? book is on Amazon? <laughs> or when they're like, my sister's brother's friend who lives in Virginia has heard of your book. And I had to email you and tell you. It's the best thing ever. Like I only have books in my garage. That's right. it. <laughs> it's the only place I in Virginia is like in and out. Like that's unbelievable. I will say though, um, there is something when I saw, um, I, it, it was cause and I went to like Barnes and Noble for like, you know, like a date day or whatever. And it was so fun because I went to, I was, I was about to say, I went to the shelf where the books are <laughs> at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> That's real descriptive. It's fine. <laughs> so I went to like the section Christian living. Yeah. I guess that was the section. Uh -huh. And it was like, oh, there's a friend. All there's your a friend. friends. There's a friend. And I pulled out every single one of y'all's books and did the facing forward and nice. covered up all the other spines. And so it was basically like an entire shelf of just like my friends. And I was like, <laughs> hey, look out. These books are here. It's really nice. Right. You guys should go like. It was so fun. So there is a bit of like, I, there is something fun when you like see it out in the wild. Mm -hmm. um, there really is. But yeah, you can get the book wherever books are sold. Including Virginia. <laughs> Including Virginia. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for letting this me come. so fun. You're like the only person I will give a, um, an exception for. I don't do interviews. <laughs> I know. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And you guys, okay. So go to nextrightthingbook.com to um, buy The Next Right Thing. You can listen to The Next Right Thing um, podcast. I will put three links to um, my three favorite episodes um, in the show notes. Um, Learn to Walk in the Dark, Take Off Your Crown, and Let Time Be Your Friend. Those are my three favorites. That I, I like, love hearing Like I listen to on like, re repeat. You like, double, like listen to them more than one time? Maybe like six. <gasps> I think Learn to Walk in the Dark, I've listened to maybe six times. I... Did not know that. Yeah. That makes yeah. me so happy. I think so. So I'll put links to my favorite ones in the um, show notes. And then, yeah. And if you're in, I don't, we won't know if there are tickets. So we this, won't know. this feels a little risky to say. It is, yeah. But there's like an event tonight. There is an event tonight. <laughs> like this night. Like maybe now. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to pretend like it's not April Fool's Day. <laughs> I know. Makes me real nervous. <laughs> it's so funny. But there's an event um, in Greensboro on April 1st. So if you are listening to this in the morning, and you live like close-ish, 
And there are tickets. We've like, just, you could still look. I don't we've know. just alienated everyone. <laughs> so There's four people who that will like. I'm so sorry. We'll be live streaming it probably somewhere. Oh, that's Or yes. like, you know, Facebook Live yeah, or like Instagram. Yeah. Yes. No, that's great. And so, anyway, we're all so excited. So excited. So excited about yeah. this book. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm Kendra. Until next time. Be a genius about the things that matter. I'm lazy about things that don't. Bye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.